Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to come before you today, October the 14th, Fernando Jr.'s birthday and Hadassah's birthday. May the Lord bless them and keep them, make His face to shine upon them, and be gracious unto them. Thank you, Lord God, that your word has raised the standard inside of him. Ever since he was nine years old, he's been into your word, Lord, and committed himself to you, Lord. Thank you, gracious Father, for the inheritance we have. Thank you for Anthony. Thank you for Nicole. Thank you for our sons and daughters, Lord God. And thank you for the Holy Spirit who brings new new awareness. Thank you, Lord God, for Anna and her family. And Lord, we ask we lift up everyone, Lord God, that they be healed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for sanctifying. Open our ears and our hearts to hear what your word says, Lord, your word of truth. Jeremiah 14, 11 and 16, 15 says, Then the Lord said to me, Jeremiah, Do not pray for these people anymore. When they fast, I will pay no attention. When they present their burnt offerings and grain offerings to me, I will not accept them. Instead, I will devour them with war, famine, and disease. Then I said, O sovereign Lord, their prophets are telling them, All is well. No war or famine will come. The Lord will surely send you peace. Then the Lord said, These prophets are telling lies in my name. I did not send them or tell them to speak. I did not give them any messages. They prophesy of visions and revelations they have never seen or heard. They speak foolishness. <laughs> Hi, we had a a people. What do you call it? A loop. Hiccup. A hiccup. I was on October tenth for some reason or another. Earlier I was in Nehemiah something. Okay, let's do this again. Uh, we start from the top is Jeremiah twenty three twenty one to twenty five thirty eight, correct? Boy, I like that other stuff I was reading. <laughs> okay. okay, it says, I the Lord have not sent these prophets, yet they run around claiming to speak for me. Same thing. Look at that. Mm -hmm. I have given them no message, yet they go on prophesying. If they had stood before me and listened to me, they would have spoken my words, and they would have turned my people from their evil ways and deeds. I am a God who is only close at hand, says the Lord. Am I a God who is only close at hand, saith the Lord? No, I am far away at the same time. Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not everywhere in all of the heavens and earth, says the Lord? Wow. I have heard these prophets say, listen, the dream I had from God last night, and then they proceed to tell lies in my name. How long will this go on? If they are prophets, they are prophets of deceit and bending everything they say. By telling these false dreams, they are trying to get my people to forget me, just as their ancestors did by worshiping idols of Baal. Let these false prophets tell their dreams, but let my true messengers faithfully proclaim my every word. There is a difference between straw and grain. Does not my word burn like fire, says the Lord? It is not like a mighty hammer that smashes a rock to pieces. Therefore, says the Lord, I am against these prophets who steal messages from each 
other and claim they are for me. I am against these smooth-tongued prophets who say this prophecy is from the Lord. I am against these false prophets, their imaginary dreams, and flat gratin lies that lead my people into sin. I did not send or appoint them, and they have no message at all for my people. I, the Lord, have spoken. Suppose one of the people or one of the prophets or priests asks you, What prophecy has the Lord burdened with you with now? You must reply, You are the burden, the Lord says. He will abandon you. If any prophet, priest, or anyone else says, I have prophecy from the Lord, I will punish that person along with his entire family. You should keep asking each other, What is the Lord's answer? What is the Lord's answer? What is the Lord's answer? Okay. Or what is the Lord saying? But stop using the phrase prophesy from prophecy from the Lord. For people are using it to give authority to their own ideas, turning upside down the words of our God and the living God, the Lord of heaven's armies. This is what you should say to the prophets. What is the Lord answer? What is the Lord's answer? What is the Lord saying? But suppose they respond, this is a prophecy from the Lord. Then you should say, this is what the Lord says. Because you have used this phrase, prophecy from the Lord, even though I warned you not to use it, I will forget you completely. I will expel you from my presence along with the city that I give to you and your ancestors. And I will make you an object of ridicule and your name will be infamous throughout the ages. After King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon exiled Jehoiachin, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, to Babylon, along with the officials of Judah and all the craftsmen and artisans, the Lord gave me this vision. I saw two baskets of figs placed in front of the Lord's temple in Jerusalem. One basket was filled with fresh ripe figs, while the other was filled with bad figs, were too rotten to eat. Then the Lord said to me, What do you see, Jeremiah? I replied, Figs, some very good and some very bad. Too, too rotten to eat. Go ahead, babe. Okay. Uh, then the Lord said to me, What do you see, Jeremiah? I replied, Figs, some very good and some very bad, too rotten to eat. Then the Lord gave me this message. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The good figs represent the exiles. I sent from Judah to the land of Babylonian. I Babylonians. I will watch over the care and care for them, and I will bring them back here again. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not uproot them. I will give them hearts that recognize me as the Lord. They will be my people, and I will be their God, for they will return to me wholeheartedly. But the bad figs, the Lord said, represent King Zedekiah of Judah, his officials, and all the people left in Jerusalem, and those who live in Egypt. I will treat them like bad figs, too rotten to eat. I will make them an object of horror and a symbol of evil to every nation on the earth. They will be disgraced and mocked, taunted and cursed. Wherever I scatter them, and I will send war, famine, and disease until they have vanished from the land of Israel, which I gave to them 
and their ancestors. This message for all the people of Judah came to Jeremiah from the Lord during the fourth year of Jehoiakim's Geo, Geo, reign over Judah. This was the year when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon begins his reign. Okay. Jeremiah the prophet said to all the people in Judah and Jerusalem, For the past 23 years, from the 13th year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, until now the Lord has been giving me his messages. Okay. I have faithfully passed them on to you, but you have not listened. Again and again, the Lord has sent you his servants, the prophets, but you have not listened or even paid attention. Each time the message was this, turn from all evil, turn from the evil road you're traveling and from the evil things you're doing. Only then will I let you live in this land that the Lord has given, gave you and your ancestors forever. Do not provoke my anger by worshiping idols you made with your own hands. Then I will not harm you. But you will not listen to me, says the Lord. You made me furious by worshiping idols you made with your own hands, bringing on yourself all the disasters you now suffer. And now the Lord of Heaven's army says, Because you have not listened to me, I will gather together all the armies of the north under King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, whom I have appointed as my deputy. I will bring them all against this land and its people and against the surrounding nations. I will completely destroy you and make you an object of horror and contempt and ruin forever. I will take away your happy singing and laughter. The joyful voices of bridegrooms and brides will no longer be heard. Your millstones will fall silent and the lights of your homes will go out. This entire land will become a desolate wasteland. Israel and her neighboring land will serve the king of Babylon for 70 years. Then after the 70 years of captivity are over, I will punish the king of Babylon and his people for their sins, says the Lord. I will make the country of the Babylonians a wasteland forever. I will bring upon them all the terrors I have promised in this book, all the penalties announced by Jeremiah against the nations. Many nations and great kings will enslave the Babylonians just as they enslave my people. I will punish them in proportion to the suffering they caused my people. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to me. Take from my hand this cup filled to the brim with my anger and make all the nations to whom I send you drink from it. When they drink from it, they will stagger crazed by the warfare I will send against them. So I took the cup of anger from the Lord and made all the nations drink from it, every nation to which the Lord sent me. I went to Jerusalem and to the other towns of Judah, and their kings and officials drank from the cup. From the day until this, they have been a desolate ruin and object of horror, contempt and cursing. I gave the cup to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, his attendants, his officials, and all his people, along with all the foreigners living in the land. I also gave it to all the kings of the land of Uz and the kings of the Philistine cities of Ashkelon, Gaza, Ekron, and what remains in Ashdod. Then I gave the cup to the nations of Edom, Moab, and Ammon, and the king of Tyre and Sidon, and the kings of the region across the sea. I gave it to Dedan, Hema, and Buzz, and to the people and to the people who live in the distant places. I gave it to the kings of Arabia, the kings of the nomadic tribes of the desert, 
and to the kings of Simri, Elam, and Media. I gave it to the kings of the northern countries, far and near, one after other, all the kingdoms of the world, and finally the king of Babylon himself drank from the cup of the Lord's anger. Then the Lord said to me, Now tell them, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says, Drink from this cup of my anger, get drunk and vomit, fall to, fall to rise no more. For I am sending terrible wars against you, and if they refuse to accept the cup, tell them the Lord of heaven's army says, You have no choice but to drink from it. I have begun to punish Jerusalem, the city that bears my name. Now I should let you go now why should I let you go unpunished? No, you should will not escape disaster. I will call for war against you, all the nations of the earth. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. Now prophesy all these things and say to them, The Lord will roar against his own land from his holy dwelling in heaven. He will shout like those who tread grapes. He will shout against everyone on the earth. His cry of judgment will reach the ends of the earth. For the Lord will bring his case against all nations. He will judge all the people of the earth, slaughtering the wicked with the sword. I am the Lord has spoken. I, the Lord, has spoken. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Look, disaster will fall upon nation after nation. A great whirlwind of fury is rising from the most distant corners of the earth. In that day, those the Lord has slaughtered will fill the earth from one end to the other. No one will mourn for them or gather up their bodies to bury them. They will be scattered on the grounds like manure. Weep and moan, you evil shepherds. Roll in dust. You leaders of the flock, the time of your slaughter has arrived. You will fall and shatter like a fragile vase, and you will find no place to hide. No place to hide. There will be no escape. Listen to the frantic cries of the shepherds. The leaders of the flock are wailing in despair. For the Lord is running, ruining their pastures. Peaceful meadows will be turned into wastelands by the Lord's fierce anger. He has left his den like a strong lion seeking water. And their land will be made desolate, seeking its prey. Excuse me. It has left his den like, he has left his den like a strong lion seeking its prey and their land will be made desolate by the sword of the enemy and the Lord's fierce anger. Woohoo! Oh. What'd you get, baby? Oh, boy. Oh. Boy, that was a lot of reading. Uh, yeah. Let me read today's Jeremiah. Yeah, let's read that. The fresh, ripe figs represent exiles who have gone to Babylon, not because they themselves were good, but because their hearts were responsive to God. It's good, huh? He will preserve them and bring them back to the land. The bad, rotten figs represent those who remained in Judah or ran away to Egypt. They were cursed because they were not listening to God. Mm -hmm. God will use the Babylonian captivity to refine his people and do a marvelous work in their hearts, mm -hmm. helping them to personally recognize the Lord as their God. So the exiles had a, a little better... So the exiles had had a better future than those who remained in the promised land. We might assume we are blessed when life goes well and cursed when it does not. 
But trouble can be a blessing, especially when it makes us stronger, and prosperity can be a curse, especially if it entices us away from God. If you are facing trouble, ask God to help you grow stronger in your love for Him and faith in Him. All things, if things are going your way, ask God to help you to be faithful to Him and use you and use your prosperity for His purposes. Amen. Ask God to help you to be faithful to Him and use your prosperity for His purposes. Amen. Yeah, um, I guess that was my question. It's like, He's got the people set apart, the good figs, right? Uh-huh. And um, He's going to protect them and preserve them. And But it's for 70 years of captivity that they're they're, you know, prophesied to stay there in the Babylonian, with the Babylonians, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess I, now I think that what you just read kind of answers my question, where it says he will work on his people so that they'll really know he's God. So my, I guess the initial question was, why would he send them over there for seven years of captivity under this other king? That, um, you know, I guess there was a purpose for that, right? Mm-hmm. But the ones that are really rotten, I mean, because really he was really mad about all the idolatry that was going on, right? Mm-hmm. But these other rotten ones must have been really bad, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, because it says here, um, but the bad figs, the Lord said, represent King Zedekiah of Judah, his officials, and all the people left in Jerusalem and those who live in Egypt. I will treat them like bad figs. Too rotten need, I'll make them an object of horror and symbol of evil to every nation. So they're cursed, disgraced, mocked. I mean, what did they do different? Like I said, my question, what did they do differently? What did this king, you know, the what was so bad? Did this king, did I miss something? Did this king do something really bad as he was leading the nation? What did he do? He must have done something that really angered the Lord that, like, just... You're cursed. I don't know. Right, right. Well, apparently there were... Uh, this is the second wave of uh, pulling away. They already had one wave. Uh-huh. And, you know, the Babylonians came back because the guy started retaliating again. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Even though I think they killed the governor that that Babylon had put there. But uh, And he came back and he took the rest of them. But it's neat how he prophesied seven years and... Right here is again and again the Lord has sent you his servants the prophets but you have not listened or right. even paid attention. Right. Each time the message was this turn from the evil road you are traveling and from the evil things you're doing only then will I let you live in this land that the Lord gave to you and your ancestors forever. Do not provoke my anger by worshiping idols you made with your own hands. Then I would and for for us is worshiping another person. Like you know, you can be we can be worship Kenneth Copeland, Joe Osteen, you can worship them, or or Joseph Prince, okay. By not very easily, you can hold them in so high esteem mm-hmm. because you can see them, but you can't see your Father in heaven. That's all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. He says, "I'm in heaven. I'm here. I'm there." So, right. Somehow we have to we have to take the message. And not really pay attention or, you know, I don't know, it's a little tricky because idols get into your heart very easily. 
you know um, so I wonder I wonder where's the fine line in this you know how you, you respect another person this is give double honor to the person he was talking about that yesterday mm-hmm. you know uh, putting our our hope in God first asking God the question right Oh yeah, I like yeah. that. We say, yeah. "What is the Lord saying? Yeah. What is the Lord doing?" Mm-hmm. Remember, I all these. What is the Lord saying? What is the Lord doing? And He's standing right here. Mm-hmm. He says, "What are you saying, Lord, on this situation?" Right. Amen. Uh, what are you saying, Father? What are you saying? What are you doing? What are you saying for me? How to sleep better, Father? Yes, what, what's Lord. the answer, Lord? Yes. What's the solution, Lord? Well, he, the Lord said, "Why well, you want to listen to me? Stop drinking coffee." And have you know, and drink more water and natural teas. I thank you, Lord, that I drink too much coffee. Well, you're next. Yeah, you know, it just, you know, even in this, yeah, in this time, we have to be discerning, you know, even the Lord's voice. You could have a prophet that is not hearing God's voice, you know. Um, when, and the prophet's really for the edification of the church, to empower the church, to help them walk forward in their destiny, speak into their lives, you know, what does God say about them? So when you do have prophets that are judgmental, then you have to you have to be careful with that. That's God is not a judging God where he's going to tear, rip you to pieces. You know, he's going to pour grace into your life. Um, but... As an individual, it's like, well, Lord, what do I do about this situation? You know, I, I know many times when I was, you know, just a baby Christian, I would call my girlfriends. I would talk stuff over with them. What do you think? All of that. I should have been going to God with, mm. you know. And um, it's as simple as, uh, it's like a very natural thing to get others' opinions on what to do. Where shall I move? What should Who should I marry? You know, how? what should I say in this situation when I'm angry? You know, it, it's it's really we need to we need to ask God, go to God, take it to God, you know, and see what what his what is his answer for that situation. And I know many of us have fallen short of doing that and, and asking Him first, not not you know putting man first versus you know putting God's opinion first or God's solution for your problem. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think that's that's really you know. Um, you know, God will get, God will confirm his word. You know, if he speaks through a prophet, you're going to hear it again. You know, he's in another message, a different type of way through um, a sermon, you know, through the scripture, through, you know, a friend, you might even hear, you know, something that resonates. So you just have to always, you know, listen to what God says well what does God say about that situation you know instead of you know the report of man you know says that you'll you there's no solution here for this sickness and disease okay well what does God say about that one you know what does his word say we have we have to be real um you know asking God what do you say Lord you know and working with him and getting you know he's ready to pour out wisdom for your situation um, so, you know, it's, you're right. It's, it's probably very easy to, you know, put somebody else first. You know, we got to watch out for that. 
Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you tell us, you show us what to do, when to do it, yes, how Lord. to do it. And Lord, we just give you all the praise and thanksgiving, Lord. We are your students. Amen. Okay, Second Thessalonians chapter two, one through seventeen. Okay. Now, dear brothers and sisters, let us Paul and his co workers clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and how we will be gathered to meet him. Don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those who say that the day of the Lord has already begun. Don't believe them, even if they claim to have a spiritual vision, a revelation, or a letter supposedly from us. Don't be fooled by what they say, for that day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God, and the man of lawlessness is revealed. The one who brings destruction... He will exalt himself and defy everything that people call God and every object of worship. He will even sit in the temple of God, claiming that he himself is God. Wow. Uh, don't you remember that I told you about all this when I was with you? And you know what is holding him back, for he can be revealed only when his time comes. For this lawlessness is already at work secretly. And it will remain secret until the one who is holding it back steps out of the way. Then the man of lawlessness will be revealed. But the Lord Jesus will kill him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him by the splendor of his coming. Pass. Amen. This man will come to do the work of Satan and with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. So God will cause them to be greatly deceived and they will believe these lies. Then they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. As for us, we can't help but thank God for you, dear brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord. We're always thankful that God chose you to be among the first to experience salvation a salvation that came through the spirit who makes you holy and through your belief in the truth he called you to salvation when we told you the good news now you can share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ with all these things in mind dear brothers and sisters stand firm and keep a strong grip on the teaching we pass to you both in person and by letter now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us by His grace, give us eternal comfort and a wonderful hope. Comfort you and strengthen you in every good thing you do and say. Amen. 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 Now may the Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God our Father, who loved us and by His grace gave us eternal comfort and a wonderful hope, Comfort you and strengthen you in every good thing you do and say. Amen and amen. Okay, 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 and 8. Throughout history, there have been individuals who optimized evil and who were hostile to everything Christ stands for. These antichrists have lived in, very, in every generation and will continue to work their evil. Then just before Christ's second coming, a completely evil man will arise. Paul mentions the man of lawlessness, not so we can try to identify him. Instead, Paul wants us to be ready for anything that threatens our faith. Paul emphasized is the need for each person to be ready for Christ's return by living rightly day 
by day, if we are ready and our faith is fixed on Jesus, we don't need to be afraid of what lies ahead. We know that God has already defeated this lawless man, no matter how powerful he becomes or how terrible our situation is. God is in control and he will be victorious. Our task is to be prepared for Christ's return and to spread the good news so that even more people will also be prepared. Amen. You know, it kind of seems to me that the body of Jesus Christ is the one that can defeat him by the blood of the Lamb. I don't know why I got that, you know, sensation that that Jesus has already defeated him, but mm. we, Jesus is in us, and we have the sword of the Spirit, which mm. is our mouth, mm. and we say, Satan, you've been defeated by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Satan is defeated in Jesus' name. I don't know to what degree this guy's going to be so lawlessness if he's going to desecrate all the churches in the whole world and sit on the throne mm. and do miracles and so forth. And deceive people. Boy, we we haven't seen that. Mm-mm. But, um, you know, I, I, I like the way he opened up there. He said, you know, don't believe people when they say, I got this vision, you know, um, I got this revelation that that Christ is coming back by this time frame. How many times have we seen, you know, some of these uh, religious pastors come out and say, by this day, the world's going to end and all this kind of stuff. And um, the scripture is very clear. No one knows the date or the time. Okay, so we just, up until that point that we know he's going to come back, because the scripture says it, we just keep being prepared. You know, we keep studying the word so that we are not deceived. You know, and he's gonna be like an imitator of and a counterfeit. Mm-hmm. Like we have to have our, you know, we have to be sharp in in knowing, you know, um, the signs that they're gonna be performing are gonna cause people to start believing that that's the way. And there's gonna be things that he's gonna say that we're gonna, in our spirit, should be able to detect. You know, no, that's not right. You know. Um, we have to be careful, you know, these things like, uh, just like even the, the religion of New Age is coming in, where it's like a universal salvation, and that's not the way the word scripture says. Um, but also, um, okay, universal. So even to say, you know, it's the universe, you know, well, my God did not, you know, the, the stars did not create me, the universe did not pop me out of here my god created me secretly in the womb and i know he created me and he he created me uniquely well fearfully wonderfully you know i'm not just a thing to be flung out into a universe you know i'm i'm a child of god and i'm made in the image of god so you know those kind of things people say well the universe this and that uh-uh you know we gotta have we gotta know jesus intimately by hearing about him listening to him you know, reading over, keep reading, keep reading your word so that you stay established on that solid rock and that you're, you know, you're not on a house of sand crumbling when these mm-hmm. times come. But lawlessness, I think that's a big, it's a big sign. The lawlessness is going to be happening. Um, so, you know, we must prepare water, food. Food, yeah. You, even uh, an animation, you know, mm-hmm. even, even uh, protection, you know, like a gun. Mm-hmm. 
you know, what things are going to happen. Um, you know, someone tries to harm you, you know, I got something to fight them with. Mm-hmm. All right, baby, go ahead and read the Psalms and Proverbs, please. Okay. You want me to do it? Um. Thank God that he has established his dwelling place in your heart through faith in Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank him for welcoming you in his, to his presence. Thank you, Father, that you have allowed us to come into your presence through your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for allowing us to be in your family and be in the in crowd, Lord. We love you and we praise you. You're worthy of glory and you're worthy of honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wait one second. Um, going back to Thessalonians, it says uh, in number 9, it says, This man will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. It says he will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction. Uh-oh. The ones on their way to, to destruction. destruction. Every yeah. kind of deception to fool those that are on the way. Okay. okay, but then listen to this. It says because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. Wow. Okay. Oh, so that's their punishment, huh? That's well, but... Yeah, so, but, but they refuse to love, it says, and accept the truth that would save them. What's the truth? Jesus. Right? Right. Whoa, I just got that. Oh, got a chair. Beautiful. Okay, yeah. I'll go ahead and read it. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord. Psalms 84, 112. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord, of heaven's armies. I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. With my whole being, body, and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the shallow builds her nest and raises her young. At a place near your altar, O Lord of heaven's armies, my King and my God, what joy for those who can live in your house, always singing your praises. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on pilgrimage to Jerusalem. When they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. The autumn races, rains will clothe it with blessings. They will continue to grow stronger. Each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. O Lord God of heaven's army, hear my prayer. Listen, O God of Jacob. O God, look with favor upon the king, our shield. Show favor to the one you have anointed. A single day in your courts. Is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be a, a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. For the Lord God is our sun and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. O Lord of heaven's armies, what joy for those who trust in you. Woo! We rejoice in our God. Proverbs 25, 15, patience can persuade a prince, and soft speeching, soft speech <laughs> can break bones. I gotta go back to <laughs> I love you all. God bless you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father, for allowing us to read your word and have friends and family. Love you all.